Welcome to the LoveWorks Here podcast. This is Sean York. With me, I have my team, my director team from the Crossings location. So we're going to go around the room right now in the studio, and I will introduce... Hi, guys. I'm Steven. I've been with Sean for four years, and I started when I was 19. And you were the director of... I'm the director of operations. Nice. Yeah, so I'm Sam. I'm actually the HR director at Chick-fil-A at the Crossings. Um, I've been here actually five years as of this month, and I started when I was 16 years old. Hi, uh, my name is Christine Garcia. I am the operating partner at Chick-fil-A at the Crossings. I have been working for Sean since I was 17, so yeah, that's 12 years. Hi, my name is Victor. I'm the senior director of production. I've been here working with Sean for 15 years, and I started when I was 21. So why are we here? We're here to talk about trust today. This is the final section of the York framework. And there's a story that when I first became an operator, there was a guy, I went to this training session and this operator came and he had two stores and he's telling us all about, you know, marketing and all these things. And I had to stop him. He said, do you have any questions? I had to stop him and say, I have a question. And it was, I said, this is unrelated, but you have two stores and it's lunchtime and we're in Atlanta. I'm sure your stores are busy. How are you able to just sit in front of us and have all this stuff going on at your store and you just seem totally relaxed and totally like at peace? I'd be, I feel like I'd be freaking out if I had two restaurants in the middle of lunch and I wasn't there. And he said, you know, as long as you have one or two people who care as much as you do, you'll be fine. And I've always remembered that. Because as we started to grow and grow, I always thought, who are those one or two people, you know? If I can do this with one or two people, how do I get two or three or three or four? How do I get more people who care as much as I do? And it all starts with trust. So the name of the game and, you know, the, the recipe for success here is building trust. So by following the framework, you will naturally build trust. But in order to grow a depth of leadership with, with your top leaders, you have to be really intentional about really building like a depth of trust. So it helps to have these things that you are doing intentionally that develop trust. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What better way to tell the story of how trust is earned and lost by having a real transparent conversation between me and the leaders here. So that's why you all are here today. Uh, I will share some ideas that I believe fosters trust, and then we'll kind of discuss those. And you'll tell me your stories, and we'll talk about these stories. And hopefully the people that listening will get a better understanding of how to grow trust and what kind of things we can do that sometimes loses trust. So that's it. This is episode eight, Trust. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them. And we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York and love works here. So first of all, we have some areas here that operators and business leaders do that commonly gains trust with leaders. And we'll talk about the very first one. 
And I have it on here. Tell your story to leaders. Sam, you had a good example of this. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I remember the first thing when you mentioned that to me was our Sunday store meeting. We had some like difficult times and like inside the restaurant where I think the team just felt disconnected from you. We didn't know exactly going into it, everything that you we wanted to that you were going to say. I think then you like sat down and kind of pretty much went through your whole Chick-fil-A story with the whole team. And, you know, you started when you had met Lonnie and you guys you first worked at Home Depot. You lived in Hawaii. You ended up working at a, you know, another Chick-fil-A store and you became like the cow on your first day and just going through your whole Chick-fil-A story. I think I, I showed them a picture of me with like spiky hair, like yes. a full head of... <laughs> yeah, and your first, like, I think it was like your first year anniversary and just like gained a level of respect from our team members because it wasn't just Sean who comes in and, you know, he owns two stores and he just lives this great life and has this beautiful family and, you know, just like amazing. Like you started from the bottom. You literally started where we all did. You started coming in in a red team member polo just a level of respect it wasn't just sean our operator it was like sean who's an actual person that cares and that cares so much about his team members and cares about what we're doing here and how we're growing here as well christine you do orientation and you are involved i can't sit down and have that conversation i can't tell my whole story to all our new team members Uh, so i trust you for that so tell me about kind of what you do intentionally to make sure that those stories are connecting I tell your story and I tell it proudly. I just remember back when I was a team member, I didn't know you. I only knew what people said about you. And that was for many years. I think it's just important for all operators to know like 95% of your reputation is based on what other people say about you. And, you know, 5% maybe is based on actual interaction. Knowing that for every single team member that comes into our restaurant, I always want to make sure that they know who they are are working for, especially after all of these years, I've gotten to know you really well. And so I really appreciate that they are proud for who they work for. They're proud to work for you because they've heard your story and you don't have to be there for that. Other people can tell that. And Sam, I remember you didn't know me at all and you were scared of me. Yeah, I think <laughs> going through my whole leadership Are you still scared of me, Sam? No. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Growing, you know, you hear from your top leadership. I think that's why it helped shape the team so much with you explaining your story because then we get to know a lot more about you. You telling your Chick-fil-A story to leaders at that meeting, um, you explained your failures. Uh, You've done it in this podcast as well. You didn't have all the answers in the beginning. You had to create these systems and find a way to succeed. And so you explaining your failures showed a, a vulnerability to you and you weren't an overnight success. It took there was a, it was a long road to get to where you are. 11 years, I think it had been just that vulnerability, gained trust with the team, probably more so within your top leaders than it did your team members. But I gained a whole new respect for you after that, that you could, I, I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, let alone admit it to all the people who work for me or a giant crowd of 80 people. So for you to do that, it, it gained a lot of trust. That's cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to do. <laughs> the second one on the list is... Know your leaders, champion their dreams, and find meaningful ways to bless them. Christine, you had talked about this. I think you really had a kind of pivotal point in your life where... Tell us about that. Back in 2015, I had finally graduated college. I had tried to let you down gently and let you know that, you know, it would be my last year and that I would be 
leaving eventually once I was able to find something better for myself. You kept asking me why, why do I want to leave? And I said, because I need to make more money. And that was, that was that, like there was no, you why, know, it why, was, and why do you need to make more money? Because right. That's that. This is how the conversation went. Yeah. Um, I needed to make more money. Well, why? Cause because I want to travel. I'm an adult. Well, why? Because I need to do things. I need to move out. I want to travel. I want to have a kitchen. I want to cook. I uh, want so to. So where do you want to go? All these things. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Hawaii. Okay, then you should go to Hawaii. <laughs> this is exactly how it happened. And then I made you go to Hawaii. I said I will not. Let you did you. actually. I went to Hawaii as a marketing director. You're right. I said I will not let you leave this year without you going to Hawaii. That's true. I think that maybe you made it more realistic. You told me like you know well, it's we not that expensive. Yeah. We started looking at flights. It's not that expensive. We could save for this. The thing is, I didn't want to leave. You know, if you look at the path that's laid out before me, I had reached the end. But instead, I mean, that was that was probably the most dream manager session of all the conversations that we've ever had. Yeah. You know, what do you want? Well, why do you want that? All right, let's figure out uh, how to make that happen. So moving forward, we have a, a, a third thing here that I've seen grow trust, and it's it is entrusting leaders with re- big responsibilities. And involving leaders on the ground floor of building systems and solving big problems. Now, I know early on, I was coming into it thinking, my team's looking at me. I have to have the solutions. They're all looking at me. I have to tell them, this is what we're doing. And thinking that if I did that, I would earn their trust. But then learning later that I can build a lot more trust by bringing them along to the journey. Yeah, so um, entrusting leaders with responsibilities There were a lot of things back in the early days that you, I don't think it was that you didn't trust us. Maybe it was, but you you had a lot on your plate that you would do and only you would do as the operator. But, you know, eventually once you started training us and letting letting things go and letting us have a hand on things, I'll, you know, never forget you teaching me some Excel systems that you've built on Excel, like that, you know, one wrong formula and everything's broken and you spent hours, you know, building it. That grew trust in me, you letting me do those things for you. I didn't want to let you down. You know, it was one of those things like, you know, you're not going to regret this type of thing. I won't. I won't mess it up. You know, the the process does grow trust when we're brainstorming through these things. But also, typically, you know, you you come up with things that I didn't think about. There'll, you know, there'll be something that I never thought about and, you know, we'll end up with a better system that I originally came up with because of that. So it's a good collaborative effort. And uh, I joked around about it one time with some operators. I said, like, it's... It's frustrating that there is the time it takes to solve a problem, and then there's the time it takes to get your team members to solve the same problem you did. And I, and I hate how the, the second half of that is way longer than the first half. You know, It seems like sometimes it's easy to solve a problem, but it's tough to get your leaders to think through the same things and solve it. But in the business we're in where I can't be there all the time, I needed to make sure that I taught you guys how to solve the problems in the same way I solve problems. So it's really cool to hear, Christine, you doing that now to your leaders in saying, like, we're going to solve this together. The next one on the list is building director roles out of your leader's strengths rather than just filling roles. So the idea is that sometimes you have a a spot that opens up like a marketing director, a training director, you know, looking at the people that you have the candidate and saying, yeah, you're here for this role, but what do you love to do? You know, and you might find that this person's not cut out for this role, but it's a candidate that you really 
would love to be on this team. And I know, Sam, with you, you were in a spot where you were really stuck in, in a role and we ended up changing things completely for you. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I I had been working for you for a while. I became mar- I had become marketing director when I was 18, and I had been doing that role for about two years at that point. And I just, I reached a point where I didn't love my job. And um, Sean is very much, if you don't love your job, like you need to love your job or don't be here. And I reached a point where I didn't love my job. And I loved everyone that was around me. I liked the things that I did, but I just, I didn't love what I did. She started looking for something else. Yeah, I started looking for something else. And I got to the point where I sat down with Christine and then Sean and I let them know that I was going to be leaving for something else. And so you guys had switched everything around for me. I actually became HR director and I learned how to do the schedule. I learned how to do um, like invoices and a few other things in the HR role. And I've never felt less stressed. And it's funny because I'm, I took on more and felt less. You're and doing so, so much more right now. Yeah. And, I, and it's funny going from a marketing position to an HR position, complete opposites, but just loving my job. And in a way, I didn't think I could love it. And just being able to work side by side with the team and just filling my like love tank with what I needed, <laughs> Chick-fil-A, and with the team. It was such a unique thing because I remember talking to you, Christine, going like, why is she, you know, what's the reason? And you're just like, it doesn't make sense. She loves everyone. She loves the team. She loves the, the brand, everything. She just doesn't like her actual job. And it was like, well, you think we can change that? Yeah, that was a huge win for me. That was my patio talk for her, similar to the talk that you and I had when I wanted to leave, and you had talked me off the ledge. I'm so happy it worked out because you're amazing at your job. Well, and it it brings up something else, and that is that you had done, Christine had done the schedule for a handful of... Oh, and I hated it. Christine hated the schedule. And so as leaders, we think the things that we hate... I would never want to wish that on someone else. Yeah. And so we kind of we kind of say like just because I hate that, like I'm sure everyone else hates that. And it's amazing to look back at now. Sam loves doing the schedule. I love it. <laughs> and you know, you don't know who's going to love those things and who's going to we call them you know you have passions and chores and so you know write down the things that you're passionate about and then write down the things that the you know that are chores to you in your job and you might find that somebody else goes like, "Oh, that's on your chores list." Like, "Oh, you know, let me take that." Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a really cool experience when you start to see the leaders. Okay, we have a table of people who trust each other and who love being here. So let's make sure that everyone is doing the things that they like to do best. And hopefully we can switch roles, switch you know tasks. And as long as we all get the job done, you know, I, me personally, I don't care you know who does what. As long as the team gets all the jobs done. Then, and everyone likes what they do, then it's, it's a win-win for all of us. So the next one on the list here is I have on here, treat leaders like family, invite them into your home and bring your family around often. Now, these are things that I do with my top leaders and we do a lot of, we've done a lot of really cool stuff together from uh, the retreat, the annual retreat to going to Disneyland together to, I don't, we just went to an escape room the other whale day. Whale watching. We went whale watching. We did do that. Uh, but we do a lot. We try and do a lot of fun things. But Stephen, we did something recently. Uh, tell us about that. I know that was uh, important to you. One of the first things that the two of us did when I when uh, you chose me to become a 
director was we we took a trip to Kentucky. Um, it was for maybe the lean team. I didn't know you too well. You probably didn't know me too well, but we just had a lot of time and I saw the vision of your business. I saw who you were as a person and it allowed me to have like a greater appreciation for, for who you were and um, not just the person that I was used to seeing every day. Sometimes the person I was frustrated with at the end of the day, it was it was a whole new side and it, it allowed me to really just be thankful that I was a part of that team. Yeah, that was a fun trip. And I remember coming back, we were like, when are we going to do this again? And Victor, you had a, you had a, a, a cool story recently where... Uh, you and your family went to Disneyland, and the team showed up, and your family was there. And tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, one day you you gave us a few tickets for my whole family. I remember uh, it was the last. It was a surprise for my for my kids. They have never been at Disney. I wanted to do something special for them the day before they go back to school. And I remember that. Um, at some point, I got a text from Hannah and Christine asking, you know, where are you guys at? I was a little skeptical because, you know, I'm an introvert and I try to keep also my family, like, you know, very close, very tight. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, we became like a big family all together. My girls were loving hanging out with Christine, with Hannah, Leah. And I also remember, you know, at night, when it was dark, uh, you came along uh, with your family. You know, you got food for all of us. It was a great, great experience for me, for my family. I remember uh, coming back home, talking to my kids about it, like how cool it was that you guys came along and, you know, how blessed we were, you know, for having a boss like you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, it's so cool when, when our families get together. I can remember a park day that you bring in your family. And I, we we tried to you know, get you to bring your family. And you said, no, if they come, you know, it'll be tough. They'll be running all over the place. And, and I said, no, it's... and you ended up bringing them. And they had so much fun, you know, with my kids and with the team members, team members from other families. And it was just so neat to see them all together. And after that, you know, there's such a, a higher level of appreciation, I think, for, you know, your kitchen team, when they see you as a dad and you with your kids. And, you know, they... They see the responsibility you have at home and it's just, they have a bigger appreciation for you. So it's a really neat thing that happens that we endear ourselves to the teams when they see us outside of, outside of work, who we really are as a person and who we are with our kids. But thank you, Victor. Uh, the next thing that we have is holding leaders accountable to their best. Now this can be tough because you have your leaders, they're putting in a lot of hours and then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of go like, man, they're... They're not doing like what they used to do. They're not as happy as they used to be. And as, as, as leaders, we're kind of like, man, I, I don't want to tell them. I don't want to ruin their day. And so you don't say anything. And then the next day they come back and they have another bad day, bad attitude. And you go, nah, I, don't want to, I don't want to ruin their day. I don't want to say anything. Well, all of a sudden, you know, a week goes by and they just feel like every day they kind of mail it in and nobody cares. And I can remember Sam having a conversation with you one time and at one point I just said, Sam, I feel like you've been frustrated a lot lately. Yeah. And I feel like you've just been really kind of sassy to these team members and, and tell me about that. And, and you, you know, you, you kind of did. How did that go? 
Yeah, I think it was a point where, you know, you get frustrated about things like in your work and then you take it out on others and that's obviously not okay. But I think you having that conversation with me, I've never really been held like accountable for some things that I've done. And so like not in my workplace, but just in my life. And so having someone do that, it was kind of like, oh, okay. But like taking a step back, but like appreciating that so much because you just realize too, like who you are and I'm not just a team member. I'm, I'm a director. I need to make sure that I'm doing this for my leaders and um, always giving my best to them. And I think you holding me accountable to those things also made me realize that I need to be keeping others accountable for that. And so now making sure that I make sure none of our team leads walk in having bad days and that I can be the example that, you know, we always have to have good things. We have to leave like sometimes like our issues and everything outside the store because when we walk in, we're going to have a good day. We're going to have a good shift and we're going to no matter what challenges come our way, we're going to make good out of them. And so you keeping me accountable helps me keep the team accountable as well. When I remember, it was an emotional conversation. I remember mm-hmm. you really being apologetic and saying, like, I'm sorry, that's not the person I want to be. And I'll never forget, like, I felt like we had such a better relationship after that. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad. I was so glad that I took the time to have that conversation. And I kind of pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And said, you know, and I'm going to have this, even though it might really upset her. And it didn't. Like, yeah. it ended up being a very fruitful conversation. Yeah. And it made, it definitely made me realize that, wow, Sean's not just... He doesn't just come, do his thing, leaves. Like, he he sees who I am. Like, he appreciates what I bring to this team. He, like, appreciates every single time I walk in these doors. And he, he listens and he cares and he knows how I am as a person. And I think you doing, you having that conversation with me, like, as tough as it was to hear because I didn't want to ever be that person to others and, like, realizing that I was, it made me also realize that people are also watching me and also caring about me. So that was really cool to have that conversation looking back at it now. Yeah, moving into the executive director role and then operating partner, you realize that you have to have a lot of hard conversations with your leadership because that's my job to get the best out of them. And if I don't get the best out of them, then I have to answer to you for it. Maybe a year ago now, um, I had a conversation with Steven. He's, you know, my director of ops and responsible for repairs and maintenance and you know, countless systems that we have at the restaurant end up talking about all the things that are unfinished and the things that are falling, falling through. And after that conversation, we kind of talked about, you know, why don't you finish what you start? Just do one thing at a time. If you do one thing at a time and have complete follow through, finish what you start, we'll start to make progress. Just one thing at a time. Then it's not so, you know, daunting of a job. And something changed in Steven. I don't know. He's on fire. I've never seen him be more productive or more happy to be here or excited to complete his work. Like just the level of ownership and care that he had for our store. I think I'll speak to that and say, (laughs) (laughs) defend himself. No, not defend myself. Growing up, that's how I've always been. It's just, I have a lot to give. I just, I think part of me wants somebody to push me to, to give it all. And so until that point, I gave what I thought might be my best or um, the best that I could do in the amount of time that I was given. But then when you you told me that I I see you doing more, I could see you doing more, it pushed me to go to another level um, and just increase my productivity. And I wanted to work hard for you because you could shoot straight with me and you could, I'd know that I'd get the truth, whether it was good or bad. And so I think there was an appreciation that was, I, I don't think I told you before, but told you now 
Well, thank you. I think that set us up really, you know, for a strong relationship from henceforth, you know, we could just shoot straight with each other. And there was a lot of respect and trust. And now we were able to actually move mountains. A lot. Yeah. And this brings us to the next one, which is stick to your principles, even if it means losing money or removing key leaders who are continually violating values. Those are tough things to do. That's some of the toughest decisions in the business. But I've found that when it comes down to core values and violating core values, when I have to make those moves, it usually results in gained trust with my top leaders. Uh, Christine, there was a time when we had a team member that I had, I was kind of trying to, you know, maybe sweep things under the rug, or maybe if we take, if we pull their hours back, no one will know, or we don't have to have a conversation or we don't have to fire them. But maybe if we, you know, if we pull their hours and do this or do that, or we tell them that, and she just said, why don't you just be honest with them? And I did, and it was tough. And it wasn't a conversation I wanted to have, but I did. And then I remember texting you and said, all right, I I had that conversation. And she said, it's times like these where I'm really proud to work for you. Just to know that the greater good was, was grown trust between us. You know, if that conversation was tough to have, I did the right thing. And in doing that, you know, we, we gained trust in that. So that was really cool. So thank you for that. It's my pleasure. That meant a lot to me. It's, it's surprised me so many times when we've let somebody go who's been connected to a lot of friends and we let them go and we think, man, we're going to lose like three or four more people when this person leaves. And you just do it and you put your foot down and say, I'm sorry, we need to go our, our separate ways and, and they leave. Yeah. And then you sit down with their friends and say, hey, I just want to let you know that this person's not working here anymore. And how many times we've gotten a response of, hmm, that's okay. They weren't happy. I think they were ready to go. And, it, you yeah. know, like... Well, and okay, speaking as someone who has been a team member in the shoe, you know, I was in those shoes. I had friends that were ready to go. As a team member, I would tell them, it's time to go. They weren't happy. So as a leader, it just makes sense. When we're faced with these decisions and these conversations and these these crucial conversations, know that sticking to our values is what grows trust with us and our leaders. So... Thank you so much for listening. This has been a great time with the Crossings director team. And I'm so thankful for them and thankful that we got to do this together. And believe it or not, you were part of another thing that grows trust, entrusted leaders with responsibilities. And you were part of the podcast. So you didn't even realize it, but there was trust that happened here. Or maybe we did realize it. Okay, maybe you did. Anyway, (laughs) thank you guys for being here and this has been thank the, you yeah thanks for having us awesome awesome this was the love works here podcast take care of yourselves and be well mm-hmm.